This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And this is episode 64, Listener Stories, volume 3.5. Would it be? Yeah. Why 3.5? Because it's just three and a half. It's not four. No, but... No. I don't like Shouldn't the other episode have been 3.5? And this would be four? <laughs> the answer's no to that question. <laughs> anyway. I don't like any of this. So we were like, let's give How people about, wait, wait, time wait, wait. to... Listener story... Vo- no. Episode three, volume two. What about that? I hate that. <laughs> I already said what about no. Part two. No, I thought about part two, but it's three point five. No, I hate that. It doesn't make sense. You don't have a say. I already told <laughs> I do. you. You don't. You don't listen. You barely participate. Um, excuse you. We've talked about this already. You just be sitting here talking to yourself. No one wants to listen to that. I'm not saying that. Then don't tell I'm me I barely you don't participate. You that don't has nothing produce. to do with participating. You don't do silent start. You don't do action. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do cut. You don't make bloopers. If you don't keep going, I'm going to leave. You don't do oh in the my news. <laughs> Anyways. All right, ready? What am I saying ready for? In the news. <laughs> it's in the news time. So sure. there is a corridor passageway that the U.S. government has created from Area 51 to um, another base in California and out to the ocean. It's a restricted airspace at 45,000 or 60,000 feet, which is huge. Yeah. Or it's bigly. Um, it's very <laughs> high, high, high yes. altitude. Um, and apparently it's not restricted all the time. So it was just for something to fly to the ocean from Area 51. That's pretty cool. Huh, that is cool. How yeah. did they know? How did we know? Because uh, local aviators weren't allowed to go there. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Anyway. So that's cool. So either we have something cool coming out or they were just like, let's take this UFO <laughs> for a test drive. Like uh, Will Smith said in Independence Day, I got to get me one of these. Um, That's it. That's the news. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I know. It's cool. Just makes us closer to that. What's it called? Report. Yeah. June 1st. I put out a social media post about it. Um, apparently. Uh, I'm not going to do the kid voice. <laughs> what is it? Um, like a former director of some sort of security or whatever. But some some dude that worked for the U.S. government was. Um, saying, and I linked to this on our social media accounts at SkepSkepPod everywhere, um, that he thinks that the report's going to have more in it than what we initially thought. Um, it won't be everything by any stretch, but it should be better than we expected, which is very cool and exciting. June 1st, that's the date it's expected to come out. Anyway, on to the listener stories. I think you're first. I think I am, because it's time for Stan the Movie Man. Stan the Movie Man. Which you said you were going to talk about his podcast. Talk about his podcast. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> cut! See, you wouldn't know how to do that. <laughs> Just yell cut. Cut! No. Cut! No, it's terrible. Action! Stop. Go! No, that's the total wrong timing. <laughs> See? I can't listen to you. You're just terrible. Action! <laughs> <laughs> Action! Cut! 
He's the co-host of the comedy tragedy tragedy. What is happening? The comedy tragedy marriage podcast. Anyway. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, check it out. Stands up. Anyways, so this is from listener Stan, the movie man, who is an awesome person. I'm just saying we talked to them a lot. So, yeah, he interacts with us quite a bit. Yeah, we like Stan, the movie man. Not that we don't like everyone else. I'm just pointing out. He's like a person we like personally. He's also an icon. No. What do, what do you say to your therapist? What was it? Oh, uh, and what do you say when your anxiety is acting up? This anxiety might be chronic, but my <laughs> is iconic. No. Okay, go. What? Oh, no. That's no the part. Okay. Whatever, guys. Anyways, this is what Stan the Movie Man had to say. So I don't believe in ghosts. However, I do believe in the multiverse theory of reality, i.e. there are more universes out there, our outside our own with possibly different laws of physics and different versions of each of us. Hold on. So actually, there was something I almost did for in the news, but I was waiting for more to come out. But it has to do exactly with this. Um, There is a massive thing uh, in the universe that is taking up more and more space. And people are starting to postulate it may be another universe inside our universe. Wow. Yeah. All right. Stan's got the right idea. Then Stan's on. All right. This is what he said. I was maybe six or seven years old and in bed. I hadn't gone to sleep yet as my older brother was having a small party. My bedroom door was closed, but it didn't filter out all the sound. As I laid in the dark, I saw a bright flash in the corner of my room. It was like an electric arc, but made no noise. I also smelled no smoke. Being young, I was scared by the flash and lay perfectly still. It happened a second time. Again, no sound or smell, just a bright flash. It also reminded me of an old style camera flash bulb. After that second flash, it never happened again. Did a small bright spirit enter my room a couple times? I doubt it. Was energy being transferred between two universes? Probably not. Was it some kind of stray electrical issue? Most likely, but who knows? I think he was neuralized. What? You know, neuralizer. Oh, like from Men in Black. Men in Black. That's the same thing, man. But he wouldn't remember it. He remembers only the flash. No, I don't think they remember that part. Well, that's it's fiction. This is real life. You're the one that brought the fiction into real no, life. No, because this is real life. He was neuralized. talking about the real Men, Men in Black. Black. Stan the movie man. Neuralizers that you would remember the neuralizer, but nothing else. Not the neuralizer, just the flash. It's not perfect yet. That would make it seem pointless to me. No. Because then you'd remember something happened and no. you'd be like, the only people that use these also, are Men in Black. I think the, uni- the uh, parallel universe Stan the movie man is Man the movie Stan. I could get behind that. Let's see how he feels. Man, the movie Stan isn't in contact with no, us. No, I mean Stan the movie man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, Maybe, can't, I can't talk to you tonight. I know. Maybe it would be Man the book Stan. Okay, I'm going to just keep going because this is no longer... Um, oh, I just think it's a cool story. Yes, that is a cool story. But right, everything RJ has to say is no longer... I think it's neuralized. ...helping the conversation. Anyways... I worked for a radio station in Jefferson City, Tennessee, a small town about 20 miles from my hometown of Knoxville. The station was in an old house that I had been told was the second oldest brick home in the county. We went off the air at midnight and we couldn't afford to pay someone to work overtime. Truthfully, we couldn't afford. Yes, sorry. Overnight. Truthfully, we couldn't afford to pay anyone to be on any time. And I was working the evening shift. I had shut off the transmitter and was making sure everything was ready to be locked up for the night. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw something that looked like an elderly man wearing jeans, jean overalls, and a flannel shirt. When I turned my head, no one was there. Did I see the ghost of a former resident that died in the home? I doubt it. Did my mind make a familiar form out of a vase of plastic flowers and a painting hanging on the wall behind it? Probably. Did the separation between two bubble universes get thin enough for me to see into it? Unlikely. However, no one knows. One never knows. Sorry. That's um, the end of that one. Yeah, so 
There's an interdimensional Larry the Cable Guy that's following Stan the Movie Man. Apparently. It could have been it could have been the the vase in the pic- picture, but there's a lot of moments in my life that I've just said, nah, that was probably me just seeing stuff when there's a chance that wasn't me just seeing stuff. I don't yeah. know. I see a lot of things out of the corner of my eye that I think are things that aren't things or that maybe were things and I just didn't see them fast enough. Stan, if you're in a safe place when you're listening to this, can you write to us um, like how you felt about it? Like, did it give you the creeps at all or was it just like that sudden did jolt? Did it feel like more than that or did it just feel like, oh, that was probably and also, just that. did you see movement? Yeah, see, hold on. Just something that looked like it. I didn't see any. Yeah, he didn't talk about movement. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's creepy. Also, gun to your head, which one do you think it is? Um, it sounds like you're pretty sure you just had a case of, um, you know, what's that thing where you see stuff? Uh-huh. You know, pareidolia. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're coming to me like, you know, that thing. That sounds like nonsense. You made that up. No, it's a thing where you like you see a bunch of like in the clouds, you see patterns that you recognize or a face or whatever. That's you parad- made that up. It's pareidolia. OK, I don't care if you look it up. I'm still going to say you made it up. Well, you made that up. There and that then you made a Wikipedia page for it to see I could just now. <laughs> yeah, I fooled the Google. <laughs> no, you fooled me. You did this beforehand. You had this whole thing planned to make up pareidolia. Yeah. Anyways, last story. OK. Finally, one night as I laid in bed with my wife, while my wife was working a late shift, sorry, so not with his wife, she was working a late shift, I was alone in my apartment. While we could hear voices and other sounds from the neighboring apartments, they were muffled and had to be extremely loud to hear clearly, like when the guy above us brought home a screamer, if you know what I mean, emoji with like eyeballs rolling (laughs) in the top of his head. I had just gone to bed and was not asleep yet. For the record, we do know what you mean. Yes. I had just gone to bed and was not asleep yet when I heard a clear voice in my right ear say my first name. I bolted upright, jumped out of bed, turned on every light in the apartment. Which we assume is Stan, by the way. And searched for the person that said my name. I didn't find anyone. And when I had calmed down and my heart stopped pounding, I went back to bed. The next morning, I called my parents to make sure they were both well as my father was dealing with ongoing health issues. They were both fine. I considered the possibility my father's spirit had come to me to say goodbye, but he was still alive. Was I in the in-between state of consciousness and unconsciousness, hearing the voice as a part of a dream? Probably. Did a person from an alternate universe who knew me in their reality try to contact me as the boundary between universes thinned? Who knows? Those are my stories, and I'm sticking to them. It's crazy, man. I have a story like that. That's what, I forgot about that one, too, and I'm going to tell it. I have two stories this time. Excellent. Um... I think you remember it, but maybe not. So the consciousness thing in between, like pretty much being asleep, that would be my guess. Yeah, I hear stuff like that all the time. Man, that's super creepy. I do that. It's like a it's it feels like my body thinks I'm dreaming already, but I'm not asleep enough to be dreaming. I would be like four times last night. Yeah. So then when I hear something, I wake up. Yeah, but it was just a dream. Yeah, I was very upset. I think. Yeah, you hope. Well, who knows? I don't know if I hope. What if they're nice? All right. Maybe. Maybe it was a. Man, the book stand. I like the other one you said. I don't remember the other one I said, so I give up. Um, okay, so should I tell both my stories at the end or should I intersperse them? Let's intersperse them. You should go. I tell the one that's like that one or should I tell a different one? The one that's like it because then it's most relevant. Um, so one time when we were in college, me and RJ oh, yeah. and his sister, Becky, who listens, had gone to... She oh. She stopped like 45 episodes Had ago. gone to a concert. This was... Which concert was it? Flyleaf? Story of the Year, I think. Story of the Year and Flyleaf, right? Uh, I don't remember. We didn't go to a Story of the Year by ourselves, by itself. I never did. No. Okay. So Story of the Year and Flyleaf. We left for Flyleaf, though. But anyways, 
Um, we had been standing really, really close to the speakers because that's what RJ always did when we were young because he was a madman. And you just made us get so close to them. They were. It was aggressive. It's called the stage. The speakers are near the stage. I know. We just don't need to be that close. Anyways, I'm too old for that now. At the time, I appreciate oh, it. And now I would be very upset. <laughs> I wouldn't even be there in no. the first place. But to be up in the front near the speakers, crowded Ugh. in, sweat no. dripping down. Anyways. Who knows who it's from? We did have a lot of fun. We got a drumstick. It was a good time. I lost a thumb ring once in a man's RJ, fat We're not talking fold. about that right now. Anyways. Okay. You're ruining my story by adding your own comments. Anyways, so we leave and like my ears were super ringy all night. And we ended up for some reason sleeping on RJ's bed. And it was me with it was like me and then Becky and then you. And we all fell asleep on your bed. Which you were talking about. Wait, I thought this was after we watched that movie. No, no, no. Oh. This was after the this was after the concert. Okay. Um, for some reason, and it was a queen size bed, so that was very uncomfortable, and I couldn't sleep because my ears Becky's were ringing. Becky's room was just across the thing. I know. I don't know why we thought this was a good idea. It was a terrible I'm sure idea. I was the one that was like, "This is not great," but I just went along along with it because I hate sleeping like that. But anyways, so I was very uncomfortable because I, there were three people, and also my ears would not stop ringing, and I was like laying there about. I was facing away, like at the wall, away from you guys, and I was about to fall asleep, and you like spoke directly into my ear through the ringing and said my name and said something else to me. And I responded and then you didn't say anything back. And when I turned around, Becky was the one next to me. You were on the other side and you were asleep. Yeah, I remember that. Like, it, I was so sure it was you. I, I thought I, that was after paranormal activity. No, no. Paranormal activity, I just didn't sleep for three months. Oh, no, no, that was the, that was the thing. And I was like, <laughs> I was so incredibly positive. It was you that I responded. Like, I knew it was like, oh, that's just RJ talking to me. And you're whispering yeah. because Becky's asleep. Because I forgot that Becky was between us because it was like two in the morning. I do speak in my sleep. though. Well, yeah, but it was like it was a whisper in my ear. It felt like someone was touching my ear. Well, that's their weird. mouth was so close. <laughs> so anyways, I'm sure, it had something to do with the ringing in my ear and me being really tired. But yeah, freaked me out. Yeah, probably. Um, okay, so I have a story. I'm trying to double check that it is correct. Yes. All right. And it starts. Hi, guys. I hope you're doing well and staying sane in quarantine. This is from Liz, by the way. I was just going to say it at the end, but I don't know why I wouldn't just say it in the beginning. It's from right. Liz. I recently subscribed to. Oh, by the way, Liz, the name of my boss is Liz as well. So just throwing that out there. I recently subscribed to the pod and it was uh, it has quickly become my favorite. By the way, she still listens. She answered because she sent this to us like during our hiatus. Oh, wow. So I was like, I hope you still listen. She does. So she was happy that we're back. Um, Hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. Uh, It's quickly become my favorite and then probably promptly fell from being her favorite because we disappeared. But um, like you, too, I'm extremely interested in the tinfoil hat areas of the world, but like to call BS on about 90 percent of it. So it always feels like I'm hanging out with friends when I listen. Oh, that's nice. I love to hear that. That's cute. That really makes me happy. Makes my heart happy. Yeah, we are friends. (laughs) That's that. Yep. Done. Anyway, I lost my place. Um, I'm reaching out with a personal story relating to multiple episodes that I find interesting, and I hope you will, too. I promise I'll try to keep it short. I found the pod because of the James Lininger episode. What up, Rachel? Reincarnation. I'm completely. Wait, why? Why are you attacking me about that? I'm attacking you because you're always like, don't do another reincarnation episode. That's verbatim. I mean, it's just a lot. I've done two. I know, but it's like the exact same story twice. Well, it's because reincarnation is eternal. I know, I found, but it's just, it's redundant. 
I'm completely undecided about what I think about that, what the afterlife consists of, but the reincarnation has always piqued my interest. Like James, I had horrifyingly vivid nightmares when I was young that often left me thrashing around or even running down the halls screaming. Sorry, mom. One of my first real memories, which, by the way, if one of our children did that, yes, that would be a sorry mom. Moment. Yeah, I'd be terrified. Terrified. One of my first real nightmares from childhood is a recurring nightmare where I'm trapped inside of a house trying to get out because something is chasing me. I have a story about that, so remind me and then I'll talk about it. I never see whatever it is, but it's always close. That isn't that uncommon of a dream. Yeah, like I have a story like that. Um, But what always stood out to me was the house itself. I was always in the same exact house trying to escape through the same useless landmarks, staircases that would go to the ceiling, doors that would open to walls or or to the outside, etc. When I got older, the dream became less frequent and had nearly stopped by high school. Around this time, a friend decided she was going to have a psychic do a reading for everyone at their birthday party or at her birthday party. I'm a firm believer that psychics are BS and prey upon vulnerable people, but it wasn't my money. So I said, what the hell? All of the readings were pretty lighthearted, and she told my friend she saw her in college walking up large hills. She went to WVU, but what college doesn't have hills? Mine. TCU's yeah, very, t- very yeah. flat. Um, so was a so Corpus. Corpus. But one of mine had <laughs> yeah, huge hills. It was true. a mountain, so. Um, not to... We were just, like, being contrarian. Sorry. Um, but, you know, that's what friends do. So, there we go. She's giving me stink You're rights. so weird tonight. I can't handle it. <laughs> Not that weird. You are. Uh, whatever. Way to ruin my confidence. <laughs> However, when, when I came into the room for my reading, she got very serious and kept muttering that she felt trapped. She asked if I had ever been in an accident where I was stuck somewhere. I immediately thought of my dreams, but said no. After what turned to be a mundane and vague reading, I got up to leave the room so the next girl could have her turn. As I was headed towards the door, she asked if my name was Sarah. Do you know where that's going? No. So we try not to read the story so that we have real reactions while we. Yeah, I have do no them. idea. Sarah Winchester. That was a Winchester house. She's running around. Hold on. You I'm, don't know that. I'm certain that's where it's going. Go. Confused. I said no, but it is my sister's name. Oh. Seemingly satisfied, she decided that she must be that must be where the reading was coming from. A few months passed and I began packing for college and hadn't thought about the psychic or the dreams until one night I woke up sweating from the same nightmare I had so many times before. At this point, it no longer scared me as much as as confused me. I went back to bed without much trouble and slept until the early afternoon like most teenagers do. When I woke, I made lunch and sat down in front of my, the TV to watch an episode of one of my favorites, Mysteries at the Museum. The artifact they were talking about was a Winchester rifle and proceeded to go into detail about the life of Sarah Winchester and her house. Oh, snap. As they showed all the weird quirks, I froze because it was the exact same house from the dream I had both the night before and so many times throughout my life. Take the feeling of deja vu and multiply it by a thousand. It was the most eerie moment of my life and got worse once I remembered my encounter with the psychic. Um, Same thing to you, Liz. If you're in a safe place while you're listening to this, can you message us uh, how far apart... um, the psychic reading was from your realization about the Winchester house. I'm just curious. Uh, despite how unsettling this experience was, here is my big takeaway. I obviously do not believe I'm the reincarnation of Sarah Winchester, although there, although there's a pretty funny story of a girl who genuinely believes she is, if you'd like to read it. And then she sent us a link, which we will definitely read. Yes. I have no past life memories and less than $20 in my bank account. We are definitely not the same. <laughs> what I do know is while I had no conscious memories of Sarah Winchester's story, my dad is a huge history buff and always had the TV on some sort of documentary about similar topics. Mm. So I probably picked up on it along the way. 
One of the things I've learned is that our brains do some crazy things to protect us when we are going through times of trauma or stress. My parents were going through a bad divorce when I started having the dreams and with all the fighting going on around me, I probably did feel trapped in my house like Sarah. When I started having them again, as I got older, I was just ready or I was getting ready to move out and start my adult life. As I listen to stories like James, um, it makes me sad to think about the stress factors in his life that likely made him manifest those nightmares. Unfortunately, it sounds like his parents took a story and ran with it for monetary gain rather than getting to the bottom of why their son was having those experiences. I, I apologize for such a long email. It's not even in like the top four, I think, of long email. <laughs> um, but I had to share with you, uh, since it was so relevant to a few episodes of the pod, I think it's interesting in all and in all the skeptical skeptics wheel and in the skeptical skeptics wheelhouse explanation and all. So I hope you enjoyed it and made it to the bottom of this email. Even if you didn't, you'll still be my favorites. Well, we did. So, yay. Thank you again for the hours of entertainment and for providing a distraction and distraction from the real life spooky stories like global pandemics. Stay safe and take care. Liz. Um, yes. Very cool. So Super I think interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. Probably all likelihood is you picked up on it, but it is interesting that the psychic said Sarah. Like, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Your name's Liz. Yeah. Also the trap thing. Yeah. The trap thing. So, well, and really what she was saying could have been true, too, of just like she, she was manifesting trapped because of what she was going right, through. But I think like the psychic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. was totally a different time. Yeah. It's weird. That is interesting. Um. It also, it is like, honestly, if I could talk about anything more than what we talk about on this show, it would be the inner machinations of our minds. They are an enigma. enigma. Because it is so interesting to think about the things that your brain does to protect yourself or to think about other things or whatever. And like connecting the fact that like maybe one time her dad was watching one of those shows when she was little and it showed Sarah and it talked about her being trapped. And also like, there's other things too. Like what if when you were little like that you saw that house and it scared you because the idea of being trapped because you felt trapped. But Sarah wasn't on trapped, top of though. it. I know, but I mean, like, she would have felt that way. Like, she would have looked at seeing the house. Like, when I look at that house, it makes me feel yeah. icky. And well, maybe she was trapped in the sense that, like... She trapped herself. She, like, stuck with the project for so long. Right. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, that house was obviously not a good place for her. Yeah. She was terrified. Clearly. Right. Interesting. Um, interesting. But yeah, very cool story. And you are right. I love that you're kind of like totally in the midway point between, you know, just like we are, but with your own story of just like, this is probably what it was, but it's still weird. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it probably was that, but it is a very weird and cool story. Um, and if you are the man of or reincarnation of Sarah Winchester, that's also cool. So just yes. throwing that out there in very case cool. that's the way it ends up being. Um, but yeah, reincarnation is pretty compelling. I think. The hard part is, again, separating out, like you said, like what is just the parents running with a story and, and, and making it bigger and what's truly it. Um, one of our listeners sent us another reincarnation story that I'm interested to dive into. So we'll talk about it again soon. But yes, thank you so much for sharing, Liz. Oh, I want to point out again um, for anybody from last week and from this week, if you submitted a story, two things. One, if you submit a story and don't hear it, it's just because we lost it and we're bad at our jobs. So please point it out to us and we will get to it in the next volume. And two... If you submitted a story and did hear it or didn't, either way, let us know um, if you want some stickers and send us your address and we'll shoot you some stickers. So, oh, and shout out to Dustin Z, who uh, bought a shirt and it looks great. Happy birthday, Dustin. Shouldn't I do the shout out since I'm his favorite? You probably should. <laughs> Thank you so much for buying a shirt, Dustin. We really appreciate it. Yes. And you're awesome. Yes. Um, and happy birthday. Yep. Happy birthday. 
which we already sent to. No, he sent me a happy birthday. He did. Yeah. Well, he told you that I was better than you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. On, on my birthday. Well, happy birthday to me and happy birthday to you, Dustin. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so now we have another story. But before that, I'll tell my story. The long-awaited story, which is very, like, very, very cool. I've, I don't think, I, have I heard this story? No, you told me to shut up. What? You were mean. <laughs> what? what are you I don't remember. About? I think, no, I think you've heard it. Um, anyway, so I was hunting uh, this past hunting season. Oh, obviously, I know this story. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was like November. Told you to shut up. Um, I was sitting in the hunting stand. My dad was behind me. Um sleeping something bad he was being a bad hunter i was very upset with him <laughs> something bad something bad he's just he was he's loud um and not stealthy but uh as we were sitting there um i'm up in a tree stand and distinctly overhead i hear like a classic cartoon ufo sound which i will now do my best to explain as wee 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 <laughs> okay like that's what it was it just goes wee 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 and like i can hear it from far away uh, so my land, I know I've explained this, but my land is a valley, right? So I own up two different mountainsides. Um, and so it was clearly traveling down the valley uh, and it made that sound. My land has also made some other strange sounds like um, we heard like loud explosion type bangs, but uh, much closer than it could have been fracking, but I don't think it was. Um, and then we've also heard a bunch of weird stuff, but, but that was the weirdest because it was just so distinct and so cartoonish and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a actual flying craft. I didn't see anything. So I, like I couldn't see past the canopy. Um, I just heard it and I heard it distinctly fly over me. I don't know if there's a certain drone that goes whenever it flies, but it was something and it was creepy. And then I asked my dad, did you hear that? And he said, no. And I said, what are you doing, man? Like, we're trying to listen for stuff. And he said, no. And he was probably sleeping. To be fair, your dad now has a hearing aid. He did not have one he at has the two. time. Oh, excuse me. He has two. He had it zero. was incredibly loud. He had zero at the time. I worry about him. There have been times I've been standing about an inch away from him and talked to him and he had, did not get any indication I was speaking. No. So... But now he has his hearing aid, so he's hearing us talk crap. Because he is a very <laughs> religious to, we listener. We have to be more careful now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, love you, Dad. But if there were aliens, you would have been the next Cletus. Just abducted because he had no idea. Been gone. Yeah. I could have been abducted. He wouldn't have known. He was no. asleep. He'd not, he wouldn't know until tomorrow. Funny hunting story real quick between me and Dad. Um, so my first ever hunt, I was like 12 years old. And um, I left the... Uh, tree stand or not tree stand. It was a, it was a blind on the ground uh, to go to the truck to grab something. And then I, on my way back, I guess I took a little too long. He thought I was lost. Have I told you this? No. Um, and so I, I get back to the blind and my dad, my dad's not the pinnacle of athleticism. We'll just leave it at that. Right. Uh, well, he has climbed the tree in order to just the best like mental picture. So he's climbed the tree at great effort. To put the hunter orange out to wave me down, right? Mm -hmm. Which didn't work at all because I didn't see him until I was at the tree yeah, anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, so he's like up in the tree. And I'm just like, what are you doing? He's like, I was trying to help you. And I said, how are you going to get down? He's like, I don't know. I really <laughs> have no idea. And then the man like proceeds to essentially flop his way down this tree. Um, but anyway, love you, dad. Uh, he was trying to find me. I'm so. sure he appreciates this story being told. Yeah, he probably is laughing. Okay. Who knows? He probably doesn't remember it. Um, doesn't make it more flattering for <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, it does. He wants to hear it. Okay. Um, anyway, good times with my dad. We're going to take a quick break. Now with the breaks. Quick break. <laughs>
now we're going to listen to, does he want us to call him his fun name or his real name? Probably. Well, let's go ahead and do both, but not his last name. Okay. So his fun name is, how do you say that? Papyrus. Okay. I want to say it right. Papyrus the skeleton, which I appreciate. And then his real name is Scott. Um, I feel like I need to have a fun name. You do have a fun like name. Like superheroes have fun names. I don't have a fun name. What's my fun name? I, I swear. If you, yeah. <laughs> if you say what I think it is. <laughs> that's it's not the, it. It's the funnest name. It's my favorite name. You have to say it now because people are going to think it's weird. Well, which one? You know which one I was thinking of. Ray Chode. No. <laughs> not that. <laughs> I was thinking of Borscht, you freaking oh, nerd. Borscht. <laughs> you can't put Rachel on the podcast. <laughs> That's a funny name. Who in their right mind would be called that and be like, "That's fun"? I think it's fun. Yeah, because it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, explain Borscht, please. We don't need to explain Rachel, I don't think. I'm pretty sure that has its own explanation. <laughs> well, I can't leave that in. It's going to be bleeped. Why? You said it. I'm going to bleep it. It's not technically a cuss word. By technically, it's not a cuss word. All right. Anyways, explain yourself. I don't know. <laughs> You're the one who made it up. I don't, I'm know. To compl- I don't remember. Tell people what it is because most borscht. people don't know. So I call Rachel Borscht, <laughs> which is a cold Russian beet soup. I mean, <laughs> I've never actually had borscht. He just, when I said why, he just said because it's like you. Yeah. He's never seen it. He's never tasted it. He's <laughs> never had any experience with it. And yet it's me. She is borscht. Anyway, I'm going to. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember how it started, but you're I borscht. really think that's it. I don't think it's... I just said I think you heard of borscht on the show you watched, and you liked the word, so you started saying it and then started calling me it. Yeah, because you're borscht. I hate it. She loves it. I don't. You really don't like it. You swear. I mean, I like you, so I guess it's okay. You really don't like it. It's just strange. The fact that you have to explain it this way, and you literally can't explain well, who, why I am. I don't ever tell anyone. I just do it. Okay. All right. Anywho. That's a, so you do have a fun name. Not one I chose and not one I stick to. But I literally go by my fun name. RJ. Yeah, you don't. You've never called me Richard Dane. RJ isn't a fun name either, though. It's just like a, it's a nickname. I'm talking about like, well, like, like a superhero name. Yes. Or Farkle Beans. Yeah, Farkle Beans is great. So good. Skeleton's great. I don't have <sighs> one like that. I was Mighty Mouse. Yeah, when you were tiny. When I was a mouse. That was my. I, I have none. Your dad called you Squirrel Girl. Ugh, yeah. And when I asked him why, he said it's because I had big buck teeth. But I didn't have big buck teeth. He was just <laughs> being mean. It's because your cheeks. I'm not that big. Anyway, you're getting very off topic. Okay. Right. So, Scott, this is, we're going to, Scott has a long one. Not complaining. This is, we appreciate it, Scott. But because of that, we are going to split it in half. So that way you don't have to hear either of us talk a lot. What? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Um. <laughs> 
Dear RJ and Rachel, I'm a new listener and I've been listening to your pod from the first episode. And I know last year you were asking for scary true stories from listeners. So I'm not sure if you still are interested, but I decided to write because your podcast got me thinking about my own experiences. We are always interested, Scott. Yep. Spoiler this alert. May be a long, we are. This may be a long email and I apologize if it is. I've never actually written out my experiences before, so I'll try to be as short as possible. But I'm going to kind of just write out my memories as I think of them. I feel comfortable telling you guys because I feel like I share the kind of quote, open-minded skeptic, unquote, mindset you have. So I'll start by saying that at a young age, I feel like I saw a ghost. I have a distinct memory of seeing it. I was around eight years old and I was at my mom's cousin's house. She, as well as my family, lived and still live in a small Midwestern town that has a railroad going through it. Prior to the railroad being built, the town was a stop for people heading west in their stagecoaches. It's not part of the Oregon Trail or anything, but it was a town that people had to go through heading west. A hotel or inn... Um, as it was called, was built to accommodate the traveling people. When the railroad was built through town, the inn no longer synced up with any useful travel routes and closed. While my extended family didn't own the inn, they did purchase the inn in the mid-1900s and made it into a private residence. There have been numerous stories of people living in the house, seeing what were interpreted as ghosts. My family has told stories of our relatives looking out the windows and seeing people in 1900s clothes milling about in the backyard. A visitor once saw in the dining room a woman and male child standing in the old-time clothing across the table for a few seconds. When I was around eight years old, I was in the backyard, and my mom was visiting her cousin living there, and I was in the backyard eating an ice cream sandwich. I saw from the corner of my eye a human figure moving a few feet away from me towards the house. It had piqued my attention enough that I turned towards it, and it quickly moved towards an outside wall of the house in an area that housed the butcher room where they prepared meat for meals. It disappeared into the wall before I got a really good look at it. I told my family and they pretty much chalked it up to a trick of my imagination and the sun outside, which is very, it very well could have been, but I haven't really experienced anything like that before or since. There have been seven confirmed deaths in the house when it was an inn. There was also a rumor of a slave dying violently in the house, but no proof has shown to confirm it. That probably is just general small town lore. When I was a teenager, I used to dog sit at the house when my family members uh, who lived there went on vacation. I hadn't really thought about the situation when I was eight because nothing supernatural ever happened to me after that. And I did start writing it off as a trick of light. When I dog sat, however, inside the house, there were some strange happenings such as phones that were on their cradles. One moment would later be found off their cradles. The doors did some odd things too. Some doors that were usually very easy to open would sometimes feel like they had pressure behind them and look more and took more effort to open. But the weirdest and surprisingly most cliche was that their dog, who was always very mild-mannered, would some nights just stare at the wall or corner of the house and just bare its teeth and growl at absolutely nothing. Then after a couple minutes, it would go back to normal. I was a, hu- a big horror movie fan at the time, so I just thought it was cool. I never felt like I was in any danger or anything. Have you told that bean story before? No. I have so many stories I've just forgotten about in my life. Yeah. Go ahead and tell the bean story. We'll take a break real quick. So I was living in an apartment um, with my dog, Beanie, and my roommate. My roommate would sleep over at her boyfriend's apartment a lot. So, Which was my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. We lived in the same apartment complex, like across, well, not across, but like whatever from each other. And he, him and his roommate, and then me and my roommate, we were dating whatever. Anyways, um, my room was right next to one of the rooms of the other apartment. And so I would hear people talking and making noise and doing stuff all the time. It wasn't super um, unheard of. But one night me and my dog Beanie were sleeping. And I don't actually know if I was asleep yet. I don't know if I was awake or asleep. I just remember in my room and um, 
Beanie wasn't like a big barker at people. Like whenever we would hear the noises of people through the walls, she never reacted or anything. Um, and people knocked on the door. She didn't normally. She just got excited. She didn't like bark or anything at the time. But um, I don't I think I heard like a loud bang or so it felt like it sounded like something crashed, but it sounded like it was in my apartment. It did not sound like it was on the other side of the wall. And at first I tr- kind of decided to let it go. But then Beanie started freaking. She wasn't barking. She was like whimpering. And when I looked down at her, she went in my bed. She like ran over to the corner of my room and was hiding in the corner, like pushed up against the wall and whining at the door. And so then I called RJ and made him come take care of me because I was scared. Yeah, but she was upset because I was fully asleep, unlike her. And I used to sleep in the nude. And so she was like, I need you to come over here. I was like, OK, give me a minute, like trying to get out of sleep. She was like, no, you need to hurry. I was like, woman, I got like really upset. I was like, you want me to go over there? My giblet's out. I need to fight somebody. And then she was like, but I think someone's in the apartment. And so then I had to put on boxers and go over there. In my and one the worst part was, though, then I had to deal with the dilemma of like, I had to get out of my room to come let him out. So if if there was a human in my let apartment. Me in. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So if there was a human in my apartment, they would have gotten me anyways. But there was not. When yeah. I went out there, there was no one there. And yep. like I said, my roommate was not home. And the door was locked because that's why I couldn't get in. Yeah, and my roommate was home. So, but and even when I came out of my room to come get you, Beanie still wouldn't leave the room. Yep. Poor Bean Ween was scared. Uh-huh. And I was fully dressed. So that was a good time. All anyway, right. back to Scott. He says, so anyways, just like I did, um, a little over a decade later, I had just moved back from spending several years in a college town. At this point, I was pretty much skeptic and cynical about everything. In my spare time during my days in the college town, I enjoyed making movies. Just little student films, but I enjoyed filming and editing things. A friend of my brother's was part of a ghost hunting team, and they had heard that I had a camera and liked to film. So they asked me if I wanted to go with them on a ghost hunt at the grounds of the Mentano State Hospital in Mentano, I think I'm saying that right, Illinois. The buildings were being renovated and demolished and parts of the grounds developed into apartments. There was supposedly ghost activity there, and I agreed with no inclination of anything less than what I wanted to have as as an excuse to film dilapidated buildings. I generally didn't have much interest or believe in the supernatural at the time. On a complete whim, um, and just because I was bored more than anything, I had found at my parents' house an old Ouija board. It was mm-hmm. a Milton mm-hmm. Bradley one, Scott. not a cool witchy one. No. That had been one of my one of many board games we had. It's not a board game. When I was younger, I never understood how in the world it's it was It's in marked. the board game section. Uh, no, it's in Toys R Us, or used to be. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's in board games. Yeah. Um, anyway. What a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I decided on the day before the hunt to use the Ouija board by myself and just ask Scott. things like, are there any ghosts at the Mentano uh, State Hospital? Oh. Nothing at all really happened other than my hands just moved the little pointer thing to the letters H, B, and D over and over again. I figured That's something it was, happening. <laughs> I figured it was just me looking at my muscle reflex or something. Um, I kind of rolled my eyes at what I did and I put the game away. So fast forward to the next day and the ghost crew talked to some locals about the checkered past the hospital i guess it had a pretty bad reputation as most mental hospitals uh, or haunted mental hospitals seem to have we set up a pseudo hq in one of the areas being renovated as the company building new the new offices and demolishing parts of the old hospital were the ones that gave the ghost hunters permission so we started filming during the day and just walked around and looked at dilapidated bathrooms and offices and there were unnerving rooms like where they did some kind of hydrotherapy on the patients i guess dunking them into cold water and then hot water and or vice versa Mm -hmm. right now i'm just going by memory he says 
So as night, as night began to fall, we were still exploring the areas. I was filming this and that, and I split off from the hunters and was just wandering down some random hallways. As I approached a branching hallway, I was just thinking about what to shoot and what to do with the material when editing, when suddenly I just burst into tears. Like as soon as I got to the turn to the new hallway, it was just like a, a wave of sadness came over me. And I that I consciously wasn't aware of, like I didn't feel overt despair or anything, but I just kept crying. And it wasn't until I moved away from the hallway that the need to cry seemed to cease. It did unnerve me pretty bad. Yeah, understandable. Uh, but again, I just started concentrating on my filming again through the course of the evening and night there. I was filming the ghost hunters going through different areas. One of the areas was an attic or upper level above the rest of the building that we were in. The ghost hunter was talking about this or that um, or the other thing, and I was filming them when suddenly we all noticed the room just getting darker and we were all getting a sense of dread. The lead ghost hunter said basically, quote, I think we should go back down the ladder, end quote. So I knew I wanted to get the shot of all these people hurrying down the ladder in fright. In my mind, I was just thinking about how awesome of a shot it would be. So I stayed up there and filmed these people racing down the ladder and felt this darkness surrounding me when literally another haunted house cliche happened. My camera, which had plenty of battery, suddenly died. I will admit I got very scared then and I got down the ladder as fast as I could. At this point, I felt a weird thing happen inside my brain. Everyone was clustered together on the other side of the makeshift HQ, and I was on the other side, sitting on the floor, leaning against a wall, just feeling like there was something wrong with my brain. Like it was, quote, normal with my normal, end quote, with my normal intuition and everything. But then there was another thing in my brain. And it kept shouting things along the lines of an angry get out, get out of here, get out, get out. It felt so separated from my own self, but it was almost like feeling like it wanted to have me shout these words to the rest of the crew and also seemed to include me. It was a very angry and dark feeling. I got bad enough in a couple minutes that I literally had to leave the building. I left the building and just walked around outside for a while, pacing back and forth, and it felt like as soon as I left the building, the weird, angry feeling disappeared out of my brain. The other people had some experiences with weird feelings. My brother felt as if he walked into one room, he felt uh, like something tried to push him out and a couple other people tried to take a power nap and the, and both stated that during that time they felt they were there were people staring at them, like seeing shadowy figures in the hallways, things like that. The quote pee my pants moment for me, though, although I didn't pee my pants. Thanks for the clarification <laughs> happened in the building that housed our HQ. Parts of the building were being renovated and had rooms that had a lot of plaster dust in them. We entered one of the rooms and just shown the flashlights around looking at things and on the door in the plaster dust written like a like done with a finger were the letters H, B mm. and D. I had not told anyone what I had done the day before, let alone the letters. And it kept uh, going and it kept going too. So it really forgive me, effed me up. Uh, so after this night, I went through a couple weeks of kind of post-traumatic stress. It really made me feel like I understand the misery of people who believe that they've been abducted by aliens or have seen Bigfoot or things supernatural go through. I have no empirical evidence to prove what I went through there. That was the biggest issue. I wanted to talk to someone, but I knew I couldn't because I knew I sounded crazy. Most of the footage that I filmed as well was unusable. It was somehow corrupted. No audio and bad picture. I hesitate to say that what I experienced was a traditional ghost of like, quote, dead people haunting a building end quote. When I think back on it, I keep wondering if maybe the emotions that these patients were feeling in this hospital were just so strong that maybe some emotional echoes stayed there, like the strong sense of sadness and anger that separated um, as I think of it, uh, 
that separated as I think of it, quote, invaded my brain, though I still can't really explain the H, B and D thing. Maybe precognition. It's been about 10 years since then. And I think about it. I think back on it often. It almost feels like a faded memory of an event to like a rock concert or a trip to an amusement park. I don't think about it much, but I haven't talked to anyone about it. My brother's friend who originally asked me to film the hunt joined the hunt because she had never experienced anything paranormal and wanted to. She stated she never experienced anything paranormal that night either. In fact, she was convinced for a while I had faked all my experiences. It made me wonder if only certain people are open to seeing beyond the empirical world, and maybe some people are only able to experience certain paranormal things at certain places, like batteries in a machine. Maybe some people have certain brain chemistry that opens them up to these experiences, while others do not, no matter how much they want to be. Now I'm just spitballing. I don't believe in professional mediums or anything, and I always look for the most rational explanations of supernatural claims. I do think, especially after this experience, that there are some things of this world we just can't measure, at least not yet. So I can't ever be a hard skeptic. That's why I appreciate your show. Thank you, Scott. (laughs) Sorry for the long story. I have one more I can think of right now, but I'll end it here, Scott. So, Scott, please tell us your story, (laughs) Scott. Tell us your story, Scott, and everyone else. We always want to hear your stories. We all want to know the stories. We love the stories. So something that I actually, like, I don't know. I've never really, like, explicitly said this, I guess. um, But if there is one kind of, the same as if there's one thing that I definitely fall harder on the, like, I don't believe that it's definitely mediums. The one thing that I fall harder on the, like, I'm more on the like skeptic side. I guess not skeptic because no one like not many. I don't know. Anyways, the more like I believe side is opposite of the skeptic side. Yeah, is um like you can't convince me that places where really really bad things happen don't hold something something like 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 there's something about when lots of terrible things happen and people feel such big bad emotions all in one place like same as like indian barrel grounds or like um like um gettysburg where lots of people died or things like that to me it's like you can't i there's just too much bad that happened there like the idea that that wouldn't house bad feelings and bad things does just that doesn't make sense to me yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not right. saying it's like that's the thing is like, what's the mechanism? Yeah, right? I don't know. But, but I mean, I... it's kind of the same thing of like ESP. Like, we don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. like and I'm not talking about like ESP as in I can tell the future, like like Emily's story. Right. I'm talking about ESP in the sense that like someone outside of the window is staring at you and you can feel that. You just know. Even, yeah. Yeah. Even though there's no like physical cue um, or anything. And then there have been studies that at a greater than 50% clip, people can tell when they're being looked at. So um, there's something to it. I don't know what it is, but um, you know, if you think of uh, well, one thing that a lot of people mention is, you know, we uh, like space time, right? Like mm-hmm. gravity is just an impression in space time. Right. Yeah. So in case you're not really familiar with what I'm talking about, um, because you don't nerd out about, uh, you know, whatever space, I guess. Um, one of the main things, like, so we don't really know what gravity is. Right. Um, and so one of the best ways that, uh, people have explained gravity is kind of like, if you, if you take like a planar object, for instance, like a mattress and a blanket, right. And then you put a bowling ball in the center of it. Um, stuff will roll towards Mm -hmm. the bowling ball, right? Like that's similar to what gravity is like. Um, and so, uh, imagine, uh, you know, because like I said, we don't really know what it is. Right. So imagine if emotional weight kind of works the same way. Similarly, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that would really translate because we're like traveling through space right now. So right. Um, so where like wherever I have trauma is technically like thousands of miles behind us in, right. in the form of space time. But um, 
Well, in the form of space. Now, as far as time goes, that would be a whole other thing. But space, time together. I don't, we, we, I mean, like I said, we don't know. Yeah. But I'm just saying if, if you can leave an impression on a place or, or an area or a time stamp mm-hmm. or whatever, um, similar to the way the impression of like the, the earth sitting on that mattress uh, creates gravity, that, that, that to me would make sense. Um, if someone could explain it, it doesn't make sense right now. It's just Same, me yeah. blathering on means nothing. Yeah, I'm not going to try to say I have any idea of what it is. Yeah. I just, I just really think that there is something like that. Well, I mean, if someone proved like, to me that there wasn't, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But like, I feel like from everything I've heard and from the places I've been and things like that, that I just feel like that has to well, I mean, be just like something. Scott's experience, right? Like, if you tell me you can blindfold someone and put them somewhere that like legitimately is pretty innocuous, like nothing's happened versus a place like that where a bunch of horrible things have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, a, you know, at a greater clip than 50 percent, we'd be able to tell the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that'd be a fun experiment. I would love it would to do be that. an interesting but, experiment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just don't think, you know, I don't know. There's just a distinct difference between. You know, like a decorated haunted house that's in a warehouse versus like a truly like messed up place. Yeah, like there right. is a difference. And maybe it is just what with our own. We tie to it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's maybe within our brain, but that doesn't change how real it is because reality is in our brain. Right. Yep. Um. But yeah. Thank very you, cool Scott. school story. Super, yeah. Very all cool of them stories. were really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's were great. But that. I did forget. So uh, with Liz's story, um, the dream thing, I, I forgot to talk about that. So. Um, my dream is very similar. Um, I had a dream that I was being chased through a warehouse and, uh, by like a clown, right? Which is pretty normal. I'm not even scared of clowns. Uh, but it wasn't like, it should be. Yeah. I'm just not, which is weird. (laughs) It it wasn't like, um, like a creepy clown. He's just, I don't know. He happened to be a clown. I think it's an episode of Buffy is where I got it from. Like when I was a kid. There's a supernatural like that. Maybe it's supernatural. But anyway, um, it was just a recurring dream. The the clown and getting chased really wasn't a thing, but uh, or like a bad thing for me. What happened was he kept chasing me into the same room where. Um, so like I'd, I'd be running through the warehouse and going through those like uh, vinyl strip. Yeah. Doors uh-huh. thing that that preserves air, air conditioning. Um, I would run through those and he kept chasing me into a different room. Uh, I mean, to, into the same room in the center of the place where um, essentially like a family member or a loved one would be sitting in a chair and then he would carve up this person in front of me. Right. I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Um, so that was my recurring nightmare. Um, and, and, and it wasn't like a, a traumatic experience. It just annoyed the hell out of me because like, so I have always been able to do the thing where whenever it kind of, you know, crosses a line, I could tell, oh, this is a dream. And then I wake up. Right. Um, well, I was dealing with like really bad insomnia at the time. And so like when I finally got to sleep to be woken up by the stupid dream really annoyed the hell out of me because then I couldn't go back to sleep. Um, and so like many nights would just end with like 30 or 40 minutes of sleep, maybe two hours of sleep. And then, of course, the more tired you are, the more vivid your dreams get. And so it's just kind of a vicious cycle. Um, and the reason why I bring it up is because, one, it's very similar to her story. But two, that's what made me learn how to lucid dream. Because then what I could you do. You were tired of those dreams. Yeah, I was tired yeah. of those dreams. And so what I could do, uh, my first attempts at lucid dreaming was um, I could just go out a different door um, or I would turn the clown to like a uh, teddy bear. I remember, I remember distinctly my first lucid dream. Um, cause I'd been able to like fly in my dreams and stuff in the past, but it was never like under my control. But the first time I actually took control of a dream, it was the same dream. Um, and then whenever we got to that room, instead of it being a room, I made it a courtyard and then I made the clown disappear. And then I was able to like leave, like fly and look down on this building as if it were like a, uh, a map in like call of duty. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I distinctly remember thinking like, OK, well, let me leave this map. And so I just like flew away and it was like my graphics computer in my brain couldn't figure that out. And so it was just like just like a map in Call of Duty. Like it was just this hovering like map. Yeah. And then there was like ocean all around it. it made no sense. But anyway, that was my first lucid dream. And then I learned how to lucid dream. And that also ended up not being great. But I'll talk about that some other time. All right. Um. All right. I think that's it. No. Did you? You had another story? I have my story. Well, this is a very important story. Okay. I forgot about it for a very long time, and I'll have, I have a reason why. Um, well, first off, I have a very bad memory. But also, you would think something that this ha- happened that was this, like, big would stick with me for my whole life. But, like, there's a reason. Anyways, so this part's important for some reason to me. The way that my room was set up was, like, my um, – it was a square, and my bed was, like, catty-cornered in the corner diagonal from the door. So I could like see right to my bedroom door when I slept. So one time I was asleep, I think I was like, I don't know, I'm bad at this. I was probably like eight, uh, maybe younger. And I had a bad dream and I woke up really fast and I was scared. And when I opened my eyes, there was a lady standing at the edge of my bed and she was wearing all white, like a, like a white dressing gown. Like it was like a spaghetti Which is like the most classic. Yes. And she had black long hair. Mm -hmm. um, And I felt like it was, my room was completely dark. Like I didn't have any lights on or anything, but it it seemed like she was like glowy. Like her whole persona was glowy. Um, But when I looked at her, she had like the most like serene look on her face. Like I don't remember what her face looked like, but I just remember it was really calm. And I look and I, at first I was scared and I said, what are you doing here? And she said, I don't know if she talked or if it was just like a feeling, but I remember it being like, um, I'm here to make sure, okay, everything's fine. Like you don't need to worry about anything. Just go back to sleep. Like you're safe. And I remember feeling like this automatic, just like, whoosh, like I'm totally, this is fine. And I went back to sleep and I slept perfect. And she came back like three more times throughout my childhood. Um, and each time I, I think I forgot because I would ask her the same thing. Like we did, we had the same conversation each time and but it was like the most calm i've ever felt in my whole life like it was like this because she told me to be it was just like did you just remember that everything's fine yeah because i think it was just such a like you, I, I remember you you told me like probably 10 years ago when we were talking about ghost stuff you, you told me that you saw a lady in white but you didn't remember like any of this yeah and i think it was because like it it didn't maybe it didn't stick with me as much just because it was so like serene and very calm and I wasn't like it wasn't this scary thing or it wasn't this big shocking thing if anything I just remember feeling like she it felt like she was supposed to be there like it felt like she was just like a part of that and that was fine and so I just went to sleep and I was totally comfortable with that and then when I woke up I don't I don't think I remembered her in between because every single time I felt the same way I would ask her the same question she would respond and then I'd go back was to it sleep. always in your room or did you see yeah, her in no I only started my room that's very weird and it was, it was just like three times and I think it was like throughout Two or three years. Yeah, like in between. And then it was never again. There's got to be something to the lady in white thing. I mean, it's oh, just sure. I mean, so I've probably common. seen. Well, you know, yeah, that's why, though. It's because yeah, it if, if we make something up in our head. And I don't know, like, and when I talk about it now, it feels very like, I don't know. Again, it just doesn't feel like that big of a thing like it. And I know it was at least like in my own brain, whether or not that was whatever that was, whether I made it up because I was afraid and I needed something to make me feel better or whatever. But yeah, it was a that's what. Yeah, it was weird. Weird. Anyways, that's my story. Cool. Um, yeah, never heard that one before. By the way, if you want tips on how to lucid dream. Um, Don't go to RJ. Yeah, go to me. You were very bad at it. No, I was great at it. I'm way better at it than you are, and I never even tried. That's not true. It 100% is. That's I control most of my dreams. I haven't had a nightmare in like 15 years. No. You can't yes. make yourself just go to any random place or fly or whatever. I 100% can. You cannot. I 100% You're can. You're I tell myself in my dreams, this is a dream. I don't like this. Wake up. Or this is a dream. I don't like this. Go somewhere Yeah, but else. you know how to do it every single time. 
I, anytime I have a bad dream, yes. Anytime you have a bad dream, I'm talking about anytime. No, because I don't want to, so well, I don't yeah. put the effort anyway, in. Anyway, if you want to know, don't listen I, to Rachel. It's I not that easy. I wouldn't listen to RJ. <laughs> it did not end well. So there are two things that you, well, okay. No, babe, the reason why she says that. If they want to, don't go into because like. because I'm tired. Don't go into lucid tired. dreaming telling them if someone wants to they can come to you but no one needs to hear it on the podcast why it's a cool because thing people, to do. yeah no i don't think it's cool if you would like to ask rj questions <laughs> ask rj questions but no, if you don't just care skip don't, the end of this no podcast i want to can care. i skip the end of the podcast yeah sure because i don't care yeah you do no i don't fine how about this at the end of this if you want to know how to lose a dream at the end of our three music i will tell you also with the blueprint which means i'll be gone that's what that yeah, means Rachel will be gone yeah all right have a good week y'all Bye. All right, get out. You to say bye too. I already said have a good week. Bye. Mwah. I love you. Bars. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. What? Your fun name? Rachel. <laughs> <laughs>
Because I'm busy still. Energy. <sighs> Isn't that? I feel like that's every day. Look up the last thing I said. No! It's, the, it's so loud! <laughs> Ready? <sighs> no! To party. I don't want to do this! Me neither! Alright. That's my secret cat. How are we splitting that one? Right down whenever the middle. What? Are you Silence, doing... start! No, I'm talking! <laughs> Silence, start! We haven't done our mic checks. I already did. I didn't! Silence! Okay, fine. <laughs> do it. Are you doing the first half or am I? I don't know. Do it. No, we need to figure that out. I'll do the first... We'll, we'll figure it out. Just whoever talked last. I think I'm doing it. Who knows? Just go! Mic check. One, two, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Mic check. Mic check. One, two, three. Where's that from? It's a stupid thing I don't what is it? Tell me. <laughs> no. Please embarrassed. tell me. I'm embarrassed. Tell me, you cute boy. No! Tell it's me! so pathetic. Tell me. It's the Circa 2000 Roughly 4 movie Delta Farce with Leo Reed and Casey and Bill Engvall. <laughs> you should be embarrassed. Of I know! <laughs> Action! Ready? Action! <laughs> Stupid. Action! Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm R.J. Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. I inhaled in a breath. <laughs> Let's redo it. Actions! Cut! It's action time! She's laughing! <laughs> this is not <laughs> What are we doing? Who knows? Ready? Action! Cut! That other part! <laughs> I didn't mark it! She just kept talking! Note to self. RJ sucks. Got that. <laughs> RJ's a dick. Got it again. <laughs> Action. Well, now I want to know if I'm being stupid. The answer is yes. Just shut the f up, man. Okay. <laughs>